Hey there everyone, welcome aboard to the One Touch Talks. This is your host Mayuresh Matkar. We've got a lot of footballing topics to discuss today as we've got some new managerial appointments in London and in Barcelona. We've got some big games to cover from Italy, England and Germany. We had Bayern Munich taking on Freiburg at the Allianz Arena in Germany. Germany also saw a big game between RB Leipzig and Borussia Dortmund at the Red Bull Arena in Leipzig. We also have got the Derby della Madonnina from Milan in Italy. But we start in Manchester at the Old Trafford Stadium which saw the Manchester Manchester derby between Manchester United and Manchester City. So after the Liverpool game at Old Trafford where Manchester United were beaten 5-0, a lot of uh, the senior pros at Manchester, the people who are involved in the incomings and outgoings and people who are much likely involved with the hierarchy in Manchester United, they came together and they made a deal out of that thing and they saw that if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as well in these next three games, which were pretty tough, I mean, it was a way to Spurs, which they won. It was a way to Atalanta in Bergamo, which they... It, it, it was a very tough game, you know. Ask any Serie A side which goes to Bergamo, it's not an easy place to be. And actually, this was the first time, I guess, they were hosting a team of such high calibre outside of Italy in the Champions League and they came out with a draw a 2-2 draw which was actually which which was which wasn't actually reflecting the way Manchester United played in that game and then they go to Old Trafford they come back to Old Trafford and they and they just they, they just pick it up where they left it in 2 weeks ago and it was just abysmal the display of football there at Old Trafford in that game was totally unforgiving. If you're a Manchester United fan, you don't want to watch the highlights of that game. I mean, even if you lose 3-0 in some other game. I mean, I'd watch that game between Liverpool and Manchester United, but I won't watch this one between City and United. That, that was so, so embarrassing if you're a United fan. I mean, you were just being... If if you if you're watching with your mates or City fans, I mean just, uh, I mean it it would have been just outright embarrassment for anyone who's a Manchester United fan. Even the players on the pitch, they were embarrassed right down the core. I mean people like Fred McTominay. I mean are they even Manchester United material? I mean McTominay, yeah, you know Roy Keane tries to defend him. Sometimes you know saw it on Sky as well that he's saying that he's trying to learn his trade. And I'm actually okay with him. Actually, he tries a lot. He tries to help in the defence. He tries to burst forward with his runs. Fred, I don't think, is a Manchester United player. I mean, he's got potential. He can be a good player in some other team and not at Manchester United. I mean, he's getting regular call-ups from Brazil because he's playing for Manchester United. I mean, that is something that is working in his favour. But, you know, he's not doing the team any good. You know, Donny van der Beek comes on. He tries some things. But, you know, in the end, you see the gulf between the two sides. And, I mean, the 2-0 scoreline does not even tell half the story what happened at Old Trafford. I mean, those people who, who, who are at the Stratford end, I mean, there might be people who come there regularly at the Stratford end to support Manchester United. And what have they saw? They have seen six goals shipped off in around, what, 90 minutes in two games against your two arch-rivals. I mean, the two big rivals of Manchester United, Liverpool and Man City. I mean, Liverpool, it has a historic significance to it. And then you've got Manchester City or City rivals. I mean, this is an embarrassment. This is absolutely shocking, the way Manchester United were playing. 
I mean, the only thing that got everyone excited was that Ronaldo Wally, which was actually, I mean, if that would have gone in, I mean, it would it would have been outrageous. I mean, that Wally was so so good. You know, it was I think Luke Shaw who got that ball into the box. Ronaldo swung his left foot and he hit it on target. Maybe just a bit inch here and there, it would have evaded Edison and flown into the back of the net. But I'm really really happy that it that it didn't go. City kept a clean sheet, and I I, I think you know. Edison was not at all tested in this game. David De Gea, I mean, Roy Keane on the Sky Show and the pundits everywhere. I mean, Rio Ferdinand on Twitter said that, you know, thank you, David De Gea. And I think he, he, he was so, so spot on in, on that one because De Gea saved them. I mean, absolutely saved them. It could have been 4-0 inside 30 minutes itself. I mean, the two goals that City scored were not at all because of their brilliance. It was because of defensive errors. Uh, Eric Bailly, I mean, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just bits and pieces here and there with Eric Bailly and the team. Lindelof, who's actually playing well at the moment. I mean, comparatively playing well than uh, Harry Maguire. Varane needs to sort, his, sort himself out because he's, he, he, he seems to me that he is lost somewhere. He is not sure where he is at. You know, he's still taking time to adapt to a new club. I mean, that's understandable because you come at a very young age at Real Madrid and you don't have to actually adapt. You grow into the team and you become a superstar there. Uh, I'm, I'm not so sure where Manchester United are going with this team. I mean, I'm really worried about people actually going to the game with hope in their mind. I mean, Foden said that it's a difficult place to come. I mean, what well, difficult? I mean... As uh, I mean, again, I'm touching on that Sky show where Roy Keane absolutely, you know, tormented that team. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just again, it's it's just an embarrassment to an another level. I mean, you look at City's performance and Liverpool's performance. The only difference that you can make out of those two performances is that how free for Man City passing the ball. I mean, there was no tackling. There was no urgency there was no fouls no red cards I mean with Liverpool at least I mean at least Liverpool were not making it an embarrassment because Liverpool took the game to United and they just outright they just went through United in that first half I mean it was it, it, it was an embarrassment but this was an embarrassment to another level I mean you don't come here at the Stratford end Wishing. I mean, if if you ask any other team from the 90s or the 2000s or the early 2010s when Alex Ferguson was the manager, you say any goal at the Stratford End is a bonus for us. I mean, it's 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 like how people treat the cop right now at Anfield. I mean, any goal there at that end is going to be like a gold dust. I mean, that was it. It, it has been. It it has been. It has been valued at that magnitude, if you can understand. And you here trying to defend and not do your job, and you're shipping out six goals against your two arch rivals in two consecutive games. I mean, that's and that that's just poor. I mean, yeah, he did well against Tottenham. With the, I mean, I'm talking about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer now. Uh, he did well against Tottenham with the system that he put in the put on the pitch. It's a back three. You've got two full backs. You're playing as a wing backs or wide midfielders, if you can call them that. And you're playing with two veterans up front. I mean, I mean, it's 
it's it's clearly lack of ideas with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and you don't have Cavani. I mean, you, you can't expect much from Cavani in this game as well. I mean, he's 33 years of age. You can't ac- actually expect him to bust his lungs and search for the ball every single time. I mean, Bernardo Silva toyed with Fred and McTominay in this game and absolutely toyed him. And I'm, I'm really sure that there is no midfielder at the moment who's better than Bernardo Silva. He is that good. I mean, he was very, very close to lose his place in Manchester. I mean, he was very close to get out of the team. I mean, he was going to leave the club and he stayed and he stayed to become such a good player right now. I mean, Bernardo Silva, in my view, is one of the best midfielders right now on the planet. His heat map shows that he was playing as a number six, he was playing as a number eight, he was playing as a false nine, he was playing as a ten, he was drifting out to the right hand side and he was everywhere. I mean, you can't ask more from a player like that. That is called what you do in your training drills. I mean, he was just absolutely taking the game apart from United. And again, I thought that if you get 2-0 down, you at least make some changes. You go to a back four, get some attacking mode on. And at least you, you, you get hit for two or three goals, but at least show the intent. Mason Greenwood was nowhere to be seen. Ronaldo, I mean, he was waiting for some service, but nothing came his way. Bruno Fernandes was hopeless in this game. I mean, I, I wouldn't be actually... Uh, cursing Bruno Fernandes for his performance as well because, I mean, what can you expect more from him now? But I think United as a whole need a structural change. Joel Glazer at the top of the tree needs to understand that the fans are the most important thing in the world right now for them. As a club, Manchester United have a huge history. They have a huge fan following. I mean, they are on that scale with those other three big clubs in the world and that are Bayern Munich. Real Madrid and Barcelona. I mean, only Bayern Munich at the moment seem to have any sustainability in their club right now. But, I mean, that's because of all the structural discipline that has been inherited since the beginning of beginning of the foundation of the club. I mean, that is going to be a factor in the, in, in the whereabouts of any single club that goes around. But with United, you, you have a feeling that whenever there is something like will you say there is something like a very bad time coming for your club Ole Gunnar Solskjaer does the job for you and he saves himself and saves Manchester United does something very good I'm not pretty sure that he is the guy to lead United forward and I'm really sure that he needs to be sacked but the thing is Joe Glazer and all the people around there, he, they, they want Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to stay there because he's kind of their puppet. He's not going to demand players, he's not going to demand huge salaries and huge investment in the club. He's not going to just knock on your door for, for demanding you for things. He's just going to be there, he's going to get you results because of some of the individuals that he's had or he has at, at the moment, but you know he's not going to get you any far. Right now, the time is running out, running out for United and they need to make a change because this can look very, very bad in, say, three months' time. I mean, Spurs are not very behind in the league and they've hired Antonio Conte, which I will be touching on. And I'm not so sure with this manager they can even reach top four if Antonio Conte decides to take 
Spurs from a level at their are, then they can take he can take them to a new level. I mean, you look at Antonio Conte's jobs in the previous tenures that he's done. He's done a good job with the Italian national team in the Euros in 2016. He's done a good job at Inter as well in recent times. He took a Chelsea team which wasn't playing any European football to a Premier League title. So, I mean, you can expect some good things from Antonio Conte. And he's got the reputation of doing well in leagues, not in cup competitions much, but he's done well in league competitions. He's a good manager when it comes to league games and he can understand the value of the situation, the significance of the situation when we see Manchester United dripping back. Again, you know, you've got a lot of obstacles in your way still. But if you are Joel Glazer or anyone in the Manchester United hierarchy and you want to replace Ole Gunnar Solskjaer now, there are no people at the moment who are guaranteed replacements for you. I can think of one and that's Ralph Ragnick, maybe Laurent Blanc who was a good manager when he was managing PSG. I don't think he will be going there. He's a former Manchester United player and blah, blah, blah. Maybe Zinedine Zidane, but he's not very keen on getting the Manchester United job. I think his first preference is going to be the French job, which I think will be vacated after the 2022 World Cup as uh, Didier Deschamps will actually step down. His contract also runs down. Um, maybe second preference is Juventus, but that seems to be a distant dream now because Max Allegri has been given a huge project and he will be uh, at the club for at least three seasons. Uh, I don't see Brendan Rodgers being a fit there because, I mean, again, the Liverpool connection comes in his way. Uh, are there any managers who can take this team forward? I think Graham Potter, but he needs a, he needs a bridge to make that big step to a big club. I, I really think he's a good, very good manager with Brighton and Nova Albion, but he needs a stepping stone for that one. I don't think any ex-player from Manchester United is ready for that job. Um, maybe some international managers. I think uh, if Roberto Mancini wants to come in, maybe he could be a very good fit. But again, he's managed Manchester City before, and we all know what happened when he won the title with City. Um, maybe, maybe Luis Enrique, but does he fit the style? I'm not so sure there. Maybe Yogi Lowe, but I think he will take a huge break now after ev all these years with the German national team. Eric Ten Hag, maybe yes, but Ajax have, be Ajax have reached the, the Champions League round of 16 now. So he won't be available as well. Are there any other managers who can be interested? I'm not so sure. Maybe Maurizio Pochettino because PSG don't look convincing to me. Maybe the pressure of the all-star team at PSG is taking a toll on Maurizio Pochettino. I don't know. But at the moment, apart from Antonio Conte, I didn't think that there is anyone else who could take that job. I think Max Allegri could have been a very good choice for them if they would have sacked Ole Gunnar Solskjaer last season when they were beaten 6-1 by Tottenham because that was a very uh, traumatising period. They were beaten by Crystal Palace. They just escaped against Brighton at the Amex Stadium as well, if I'm right. Uh, they, that was that period. They were knocked out of the Champions League as well in the group stage. Maybe they could have really pressed a button there and hired Max Allegri. He was very much available. Pochettino was available as well. Maybe that could have been a 
choice at that moment, but I don't think I, I really think the ship has sailed. Maybe, yeah, again, maybe Julian Lopetegui is an option. Paolo Fonseca can be an option. I really like Paolo Fonseca. But the thing is that Paolo Fonseca is really... I, I think he was rumoured to take the Newcastle job. And I, th- I, th- I thought he did a really good job at Roma, but I don't think he's ready for Manchester United. He's a good manager, but with the politics and everything, I don't see him being a fit. Um... Uh, as I said, Julian Lopetegui can be a fit. He's done a good job at Sevilla as well. Maybe here and there. But again, the the bottom line is, you know, if you're not taking things seriously, this isn't going to work. I mean, you can have any other manager come in and do a job for you. It's not going to work for you. So, again, I, I think United needs, needs to just think sensibly. They need to think out of the box to actually get through this season, maybe I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has got the pedigree if, at this se- in this season to take them to a top finish because last season it was different. Chelsea were not good. Chelsea uh, sacked their manager in mid-season. Liverpool had lost the entire back line. You see other teams like uh, you know West Ham were just coming up. Spurs were pretty poor in the Mourinho. Yeah. You see other smaller teams straight take, taking some strides. You know, Leeds United were good, Everton were good. But this time around, I think a lot of the gulf has been filled up. Arsenal look really good under Mikel Arteta after the small renaissance that has happened in the club. So I th- Tottenham under Antonio Conte, I can, I can really bet, you know, they can be looking for a European spot. And if they get into the Champions League, maybe Harry Kane stays as well. So... It's, it's going to be a very tough one there. And again, I think people say that, people actually, I heard someone say that on, on a show that Cristiano Ronaldo was a problem. He, he, he was kind of a part of the problem uh, for Manchester United in this game because they couldn't play the natural game. I think if he didn't, didn't go, if he does not go to Manchester United, if he stays at Man City and makes that move to City, it doesn't look for 2 nothing. It easily goes up to 6 I mean, it easily goes... I'm not saying he scores all the four, but the way City play changes, and they go much more for the kill than just passing the ball around. The hunger changes more in City, and they actually get... Well, easily get 6-0. And I think they get three at the straight for them easily in that game. So, again, I think you need to be very, very... I think you need to be very aware of what's coming on if you're a Manchester United fan. If you're Man City, I think it's a very good thing that you have that huge win against Manchester United because you're the only team in the top six who has won in the in, in the weekend along with West Ham United. Liverpool dropped points, even Chelsea dropped points. Liverpool and West Ham, by the way, played a fantastic game. Uh, United as well dropped points, so no, it's... It's, it's, it's quite open right now. Uh, it's getting a lot closer between those, two, between those three teams. Liverpool, Chelsea and Man City. West Ham have been moved up to third in the table. But I think in the end it will come down to the squad depth. I think Liverpool are well equipped to win the Champions League this season. And I think they will be targeting a lot of the European success now this season. Maybe in the Premier League as well. I think uh, they have got the team to do that. I think they need a body in the midfield as well. But, you know, the team to do that, I think, is Liverpool. Chelsea is playing really, really good brand of football. 
uh, City as well. I think the main focus for City is going to be the Champions League and not the Premier League. So we'll have to see what happens, but whatever happens, we will be entertained. A huge game in Germany, so Bayern Munich taking on Freiburg. And it was routine as usual. I mean, Freiburg got that late goal, but it was very, very late until then. Bayern Munich, they seem to have got something within their system whenever there is a big game in Germany, in the Bundesliga. They just turn off that switch and they move up in the right direction. Julian Nagelsmann seems to have done a fantastic job at Bayern Munich. I, I was really sceptical about the chances at the start of the season. I thought Leipzig would win the Bundesliga, but how wrong was I? I mean, uh, I should be cursed for that. But again, I thought Bayern Munich, they they're so professional and I think they don't have that squad depth to be fair I still think they will have a trough in the game uh, but I think it's it's very far from now uh, the starting 11 looks as good as any team in the world I think clearly they're in the bracket with the likes of Liverpool and Man City I don't see Chelsea being in that bracket as yet but uh, I think they're one of those big teams right now the team one of the teams to beat at the moment uh, I think Bayern Munich with the experience that they have they will win the Bundesliga very easily and I think they will have the title wrapped up by January February as for Dortmund as well because uh, they had a huge test against RB Leipzig Leipzig it was a very important game they played really well, Dortmund, but I think Leipzig, with the identity of Jesse Marsh, which he's installed in the team, they played really well. I still think Yusuf Paulsen isn't the answer. This had so many chances. I think Dominic Soboslai had one of the best games of his life at Leipzig. It was fantastic. Christopher Nkunku. I mean, I've lost superlatives for that guy. He was so, so good in this game. Uh, again, you know, Bayern are very, very... Are, are very notorious. They can't catch Bayern at the moment. I mean, they're far off uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, Leipzig, I think the goal will be to get a win against Brugge in Belgium and also actually get something out of that game against Man City in Leipzig in order to play Europa League football this season. Maybe Jesse Marsh can sort things out this season and come with a fresh new team next season and go into uh, European competitions and also challenge for the Bundesliga title. I think Leipzig, with the team that they have, could have done better. They are well off the pace. They play very, very attacking football and they leave a lot of spaces behind. And you would say that they play very much entertaining games. These are not entertaining games. That's bad defending. Uh, I think... Uh, Simican has been really, really good. Josco Guardiol has been a find as well. I think Klosterman also does really well at times. Uh, Vili Orban has been a bit itchy here and there. And Helinho playing really good brand of football as well. Benjamin Hendricks and Tyler Adams are switching up on that right-hand side with Nadi Mukele as well. You've got the front three, which is switching up. You always have Nkunku. Sometimes you see Paulsen, sometimes you see Andre Silva, sometimes you see Emil Forsberg alongside them. Sometimes there is, there is Dominic Soboslai as well. So you've got wealth of options, pretty good team, decent team. Maybe they will finish top four as well this season. I'm hoping that they will go into the Europa League. And if they go into the Europa League, I think they will have a uh, pretty decent tournament there. Maybe the Champions League wasn't meant for, meant for them in this, in this group. 
I think they should have uh, done better in both the games that they played against Paris Saint-Germain. They at least deserved a win in the game, which was in Germany. I think they played really well in Paris as well. They should have won that game as well. I mean, they should have won against Club Brugge as well, but they lost all three games. I mean, they dropped, what, set eight points in all those three games. I mean, that is, that, that is outright poor because you lose to a Belgian side in Germany. You go to Paris and lose. I mean, that's not particularly a shameful thing. But again, I think uh, they could have done better in the Champions League. It's not meant to be. But talking about this game, again, fantastic goal from Christopher and Kunku. And then again, you see Yusuf Paulsen scoring that winner in the second half. Dortmund had some chances. But I think Leipzig, if they wouldn't have won this game, I would have been really, really fed up with this team. Uh, they should have won against Antra and Frankfurt as well the last weekend. They give up a goal in the very end. And again, it's 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 like Leipzig just bottling out every single chance that they get to win a game. I, I was really fed up with what I was seeing uh, with RB Leipzig at the start of the season. So maybe, maybe you would see a bit of a renaissance, a bit of a change as time goes by. As far as for Dortmund, you know, it was... It, it, it was normal service because every time a big game comes up, you see that Dortmund have got some times. I mean, Dortmund do let things slip out of their hands. And it might just be a very tricky one in the Champions League as well. But first of all, we'll have to talk about this game. They're one point off Bayern Munich. And that's a huge... And, and that's a slender thing to hold on to. And I... I really think that they should have done better in this game. Marco Roy scores that unbelievable goal. He does really well to get that goal in. Uh, but again, I think Dortmund were completely outplayed in this game. Uh, Pongracic and Hummels and Akanji, they seem to be not working properly in in that three. I think Marco Rosa, in, in order to go more attacking, he's leaving a lot of gaping holes. He's actually not helping himself with the backline that he's had. Pongracic is not particularly a good defender. Matt Somos is not a good defender, but he's a very good footballer, by the way. He scored that tremendous goal last weekend. Uh, Akanji, I seem to be liking him a lot, but he's not particularly the guy you want to actually rest your case on. So I think there are a lot of things that Dortmund need to sort out as well, but at the moment they are in a heap of trouble. And as far as the Champions League goes, I mean, they were hard done against Ajax, but I think the second half display from Ajax shows that they were so good. I mean, why are they so good? I mean, they completely outplayed them in the second half. They could have scored in the first half as well, Ajax. I think they were hard done by their match almost decision. Uh, it was no way a red card. I mean, it was not even a yellow card as well for Matt Sommel. So I'm a bit sorry for him. You know, even uh, the VAR team didn't look up to that one. But so I'm not particularly uh, going to bash them on that decision. But again, they will have a huge game. And I mean, a very, very big game in the Alvalada against uh, Sporting Lisbon. I think that will be the game which determines who goes through. Uh, Sporting will also be playing Ajax in Amsterdam, but I think Ajax will rest some players because they've already gone through and they have nailed on that first spot. So maybe, maybe we'll have to see what happens next. 
A carnival in Milan saw the Derby della Madonnina finish 1-1 between Inter and AC Milan. What a game we've had and what a Serie A season we are having actually because this is kind of the brilliance of uh, this Italian football because uh, we all have got those notorious managers in all those leagues but Italian football is just fantastic with managers and we all saw the epitome of that in the last weekend. This weekend we had two big games, Juventus against Fiorentina which ended in a 1-0 victory for Juventus at the Allianz Stadium in Torino uh, because of that very tight goal from Johan Cuadrado. It was so, so brilliant because of the angle which with he hit that ball I think it was very clutch he got that goal in the injury time scored and Juventus won against Fiorentina Roma lost yesterday against Venezia who seemed to not win any game at the moment and then you've got the Derby della Madonnina which was so so exciting I mean it was 1-1 after 20 minutes and I thought, you know, we're going to see a goal fest today. Ibrahimovic coming on and making a difference as well. Milan doing so well. Not enough to win the game. Lautaro missing a penalty. Every single thing. You know, Chalanoglu scoring against his former club. Uh, and, you know, he celebrated as well. So, I mean, you need to have some balls for, for doing that. You know, it, it, was, it was so, so good to watch uh, this game. You know, it was end-to-end stuff. And that's what we expect from uh, a, a, a game like this. You know, it's got historical significance. It's got history, huge history between them. We've got very games at the moment. But I think with this result, Milan will be the happier team because I think Inter should have won this game. I think uh, Simone Inzaghi would be gutted to actually come up with just one goal in this game. Uh, I thought, you know... Chalanoglu clicked very well. I mean, they, they had so many clearances off the line. I, I believe uh, it was Arturo Vidal once, it was Nicola Barella. So many clearances off the line. But, you know, in the end, it finished 1-1. And now the table looks like this. You know, Napoli also drew yesterday, so they're not helping their case as well. They drew 1-1 against Heas Verona, the boogeyman from last season. Uh, Giovanni Simeone, I mean, that guy is just tearing up the uh, Serie A season this time around. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, you do not have to actually put a lot of pressure on him. And he scored a lot of goals in, what now, a very few games. I mean, he, he, he has been very, very good. I mean, he scored against... I mean, if you look at the... You look at some of his last games. I mean, if you look at the last seven games, he's got now what one, two, three, three into four, nine goals and an assist. And if you took take a look at his nine games, he's got nine goals and two assists. I mean, he's done really well. I mean, you can't actually uh, put a lot of pressure on him. He's actually the son of uh, Diego Simeone. He's a very hard-working centre forward. Maybe he'll have a good. F- future as well he's scored against Lazio scored against Napoli now uh, again you know Napoli playing really good football I think uh, the loss of uh, Andrea Anguissa next season in, in, in the start of the season will be a huge huge factor in the way they will play uh, Fabian Ruiz had a fantastic game against Hellas Verona by the way Victor Ozyman had one of his worst games but again I think they will come back they, they will come back swinging and Juan Jesus played at the centre-back position. 
was not particularly good enough, but he did his job really well, Ospin and goal as well. Uh, you don't have uh, Khalidu Koulibaly, and that is going to bug them a bit. You know, he was not even in the squad, but they somehow came up with a 1-1 draw. I mean, Hairs Verona seemed to be a boogeyman for all the big teams, you know, Juventus, Napoli, you know, we all know what happened with Napoli last season because of Hairs Verona. But now... Milan and Napoli are locked in on 32 points each with Inter at the third position with 25 and 10 points behind the top position are Atalanta with 22 and Lazio surprisingly have come to 21st on 21 points uh, and in the fifth position you know Fiorentina and everyone it's a very close race uh, after the third after the fourth spot you know Lazio Roma, Fiorentina, Juventus, Bologna, and uh, and and here's Verona and Empoli. I mean, eleventh to fifth, you've got just five points difference. I mean, that is how close they are right now. And I think just a bit of a stir between these teams could really cause chaos. I mean, Fiorentina could have gone to uh, Fiorentina could have gone to the fifth position had they had they have won the game against uh, against Juventus by a considerable margin, but that couldn't happen. You know. I think it's it's a very open race at the moment. Juventus aren't playing really well. They've got Champions League football this season, but I don't know what will happen that next season. It's a very long season at the moment. You've got just 12 games done. You've got to play 38. So that's, what, 26 remaining. Atalanta, they are quietly moving up to fourth. I still see them making the top four this season as well. Inter, they're not consistent enough. They don't look as if they've got a clear plan between themselves, but they still check out results some way or the other. I think that they should have won this game against Milan, but somehow it couldn't happen. And I know that's that. I mean, you can't take a look at what's gone. You, you have to, uh, you you have to focus on what's there for you uh, as as we go forward. So after the international break, we've got a big game between Fiorentina and. Milan, you've got a big game between Lazio and Juventus at the Olimpico and also San Siro will host Milan against Napoli. So so big games in Serie A after the international break. But who will win the Serie A title this season is a big and I am actually banking Napoli to win it. I actually was on the bandwagon of getting Juventus winning the Serie A this season at the start of the season, but now I think Napoli should win. Juventus, I'm not so sure they will going to go into the top four as well. But with Allegri, you, you might actually believe that they can do something better. So Barcelona legend Xavi Hernandez is back as a new head coach of FC Barcelona. And, well, FC Barcelona drew 3-3 after leading 3-0 at half-time at the Balaidos against Celta de Vigo at the weekend. I mean... He will be crying that he's left Al Sad for Barcelona at the moment. I mean, I literally think in that way. But I think, you know, Xavi Hernandez and the, the way he's just let everything go off at Al Sad, he's signed a contract. It's going to be a long term deal. It's going to take a time for him to introduce his philosophy and everything. But let's just talk about this game. Sergio Barjuan managing his final game for Barcelona as an interim coach. He will be back with the Barcelona B team. And he drew 3-3. I mean, <laughs> it was a very high-scoring game. I thought that Barcelona will actually score another goal in the second half and maybe Celta Vigo score 
one more to gain parity, but it wasn't the case. I mean, it's just outright embarrassment at the moment for Barcelona. I mean, you see the way Barcelona find out a new low for their side. I mean, that is how bad this team is. I mean, I mean, with Manchester United, you actually know, you expect what is going to happen with the team. But with, with, with this team, with this group of players, you actually, you, you actually know that, you know, you're going to get this, this and this, and you're going to get a new low every single time. And that's what's happening at the moment. They got in and beaten brutally in that second half. They couldn't defend a 3-0 lead Sergio Busquets I mean with these performances how is he even getting the call up to Spain and for this one or two weeks he does really well and he comes back to Barcelona and he stinks and he stinks hard and he stinks like you know he, he, he's kind of one of their worst players in the in 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 this league right now and you know you could actually add to the fact that PK hasn't been good. Eric, he, he's been on the level of Eric Garcia, literally, on the level of Eric Garcia, Luke de Jong, and even Marc-Andre Ter Stegen has been very, very poor. But again, the question comes that do they have a team? You know, I don't think so they have a team to finish top four this season. Maybe Villarreal can come and finish top four this season. I think the sustainability cannot be uh, actually guaranteed for teams like Real Sociedad. I, I just don't know where this is going with Barcelona. By the way, what a goal by Iago Aspas to draw 3-3. And I'm, I'm really bugged with uh, Luis Enrique with the way he selects teams. I mean, he selected the squad for the World Cup qualifiers. And I am not particularly sure why are you dropping Iago Aspas. I mean, they dropped him in the last international break and the international break before that as well. And he dropped him for the Euros as well after he had such a fantastic season at Celta Vigo. I don't know what is actually the case with uh, Luis Enrique. Does he have a vendetta with some of those players? I mean, for a long time now, he hasn't called any Real Madrid player. And that does bug me, but he's now called in uh, someone. I mean, he's called in Danny Carvajal. Uh, he's also actually could have called someone like Marco Asensio, but he, he does call in Gavi after he's played, what, two games for Barcelona? I mean, oh, I mean, do you have a vendetta against him? I mean, Ansu Fati has been called, he's got injured now, but no, you don't know what is going to happen with him. Uh, maybe there is some plan between, behind this. He's calling Eric Garcia, I don't know for what reason he does that. Laporte has been very very bad with Man City and Eric Garcia I mean let's better not get him into this conversation so uh, Barcelona are bad but what can Xavi Hernandez do I don't think he can do much better I mean people are saying I'll sad look at some of his clips here and there I mean he can throw everything like that in garbage I mean you you're actually asking players to come back from an interim thing and I mean pull off a Pep Guardiola I mean, he, he, he's not going to pull off a Pep Guardiola. I mean, he might have played under Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola might think that he, is, uh, he, he was a manager before he was even a player and every single thing like that. Yeah, it's good to just get on the good books of players. I mean, it's good to have ideas, but it's a different thing to implement that. Not everyone has the ability to become a Pep Guardiola. Not everyone can pull off a Zinedine Zidane. I mean, even Pep Guardiola, who's a uh, 
was, was a completely different thing. It was out of this world. Zinedine Zidane, what he did with Real Madrid, was completely out of this world. But you can argue that what Frank Rijkaard did before him, uh, or what, or the team that Carlo Ancelotti and Rafa Benitez left for Zinedine Zidane to take over, was a much better team. You look at some of the other signings that have been in the recent windows. Uh, I'm talking about managerial signings, someone like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who's managed what Cardiff City and Molde in Norway uh, before that, and he's all, and we can also take into account Frank Lampard and uh, Frank Lampard and Chelsea, where, where he had managed Derby County before that, and also you can also take in the fact that someone like a uh, Someone like Miguel Arteta, who had no managerial experience, Andrea Pirlo as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a different ballgame altogether managing Barcelona. You can't actually take this for granted. I think he will demand a lot of, uh, uh, he will demand a lot of respect from his players, Xavi, and I think that's, that's given. Uh, I think he will be a guy who will try and implement a lot of the tiki-taka back into the Barcelona bloodline but I don't think that is going to work at the moment because you don't have any physicality and every single time there is some physical game in the in 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 La Liga Barcelona seems to struggle and even in the Champions League they're not going to be very good with 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 the kind of a team that they have right now they need to have some X factor someone who can bring something different in the team but at the moment, they don't have anyone to trust upon. So maybe it is going to take a time. Maybe it's going to take a lot of uh, pressure. Um, I still think Barcelona cannot finish in the top four if they play like this. I mean, it's probably going to be high time when they find their identity back. Uh, Xavi coming in, is he going to do much better? I Again, I, I think I, I wish him all the best, but seriously, he, he's not going to make this team better. I mean, people are actually cursing Ronald Koeman for this, that, and the other. He lost that game against Rayo Vallecano after that fantastic goal from uh, Radamel Falcao. But by the way, he's tearing up La Liga as well. He scored against Real Madrid at the Bernabeu as well. Uh, what a game that was! Real Madrid could have won it seven-one. Uh, you know, they had to make it very nervy for me to watch it. But again talking about Barcelona it is just terrible what they're doing at the moment Xavi Hernandez coming in doesn't seem to me that it's going to be an obvious change I would have actually preferred if I'm a Barcelona I'm not a Barcelona fan I don't like Barcelona that much but if if I would have been at Barcelona I would have actually preferred to wait another season and try someone like an Eric Ten Hag who actually fits the bill with Barcelona because he's worked with uh, someone like a Pep Guardiola at Bayern Munich when, when Pep was at Bayern. He plays a lot similar football which is being implemented at Barcelona, at Ajax. He has some players which he knows, like Frankie de Jong, and might as well recruit some players which Barcelona don't know and can actually develop some players which Barcelona really have in the team. Uh, I think someone like a Marcelo Gallardo would have been the obvious choice for me if I'm a manager. I wouldn't have pressed more for Xavi, but I would have pressed a lot for uh, Marcelo Gajardo. And if he would have come in, I would have been tension-free at Barcelona. I mean, again, he, he's such a good manager. He's been doing so good at River Plate. 
maybe I've, I, apart from these two, I wouldn't have bet my money on anyone else. Roberto Martinez, I don't think he's got the caliber to do much better. I mean, he hasn't done really well in the Premier League as well. With the Belgian national team, the talent that he's had, he hasn't done really well. I mean, it's 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 a different ball game in cup competitions and in league, uh, in in and in the league. But you know, it's I mean, it, you kind of compare that to the star cast that is available at Barcelona, and you see that. He might not be the option for you now. Luis Enrique, would he come back? I don't know. But at the moment, they have hired Xavi Hernandez. I'm not so sure that they will be getting into the Champions League. They have to play Benfica at the new camp. And I don't really know that that is going to be a good news for them because Benfica done really well in Portugal. And, uh, I mean, they have to go to the Allianz Arena and play Bayern Munich and... Well, the ethos at Bayern Munich says that you have to beat a team as hard as you can, as much as you can, and as long as you can until you have the team. They're not going to rest any players because they're already out of the DFB Pokal. They've already, I mean, they will actually rest some players for the Bundesliga games and get them out for the Champions League against Barcelona. And they will thrash them 4, 5, 6, 7 nil, And they will just have a gala time, just have a passing drill in the end, just like Man City had in the in the Premier League against Man United. So I think uh, for the Champions League, it's going to be a huge task. I mean, even against Dinamo Kiev, I was very, very, very fortunate to come up with a 1-0 victory. It was what Shaprineko, who missed, what, chance after chance after chance after chance, and he couldn't get past the goalkeeper. Uh, I mean, he couldn't get past the goal. I mean, it's 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 a different story with them at the moment. So I don't know where things are going to go with Barcelona, but I really hope them all the best. I mean, again, with, with Xavi, let's just make one thing clear. I'm not particularly a very good big Xavi fan. I think he had a really good playing career. He's, he's a good player, but as a person, I really never liked him. He always was a complainer. He complained about this. The grass was here and the players, like, the players weren't the players weren't good enough. The fouls and everything. The grass, big bigger grass in the Bernabeu and everything. Like that. I mean, I, he he's never talked a lot better for his open players. He's never been a humble guy. I mean, you not have to be a humble guy for that. But I have never liked Xavi Hernandez as a person, as a player. He's always been a he's always been a La Liga great. He's always been a legend in the Spanish national team in Barcelona. He's a very respected guy, but. As a player, as a person, I don't like him. Even again, I think people who actually listen to the pod a lot know that I'm a huge admirer of Andres Iniesta. I'm a huge admirer of Carlos Puyol, but I'm not particularly the guy who likes Xavi Hernandez. I also like a lot of Sergio Busquets. Some of the players that have been in the team of Barcelona it really bugged, bugged me because of my Real Madrid connection people like Gerard Piquet and people like Xavi Hernandez I mean Barcelona players Barcelona fans also uh, uh, think the same about people like Cristiano Ronaldo and Sergio Ramos and all those things Luka Modric as well comes in that category so maybe it's 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 my way of looking at things because I'm a Real Madrid fan. But that's all from me today. Be sure to check into my Twitter and my Instagram handle. Uh, I'm a lot less active at the moment. I do post a lot of things, but I'm a lot less active. If there are any queries, you can actually ping me there. You can send me a DM 
and be sure to check into my previous podcast as well i will be there uh posting a lot of things i was not able to record a pod last weekend because i was a bit affected by cold i couldn't actually record a pod in the midweek covering the champions league because i i wasn't actually well recovered from the cold as well so i have done the pod right now my be a bit more glitches here and there but i've tried my best i've tried i've given it a shot so uh take a look at it do tell me how it was and send your send your reviews and queries on my instagram handle it is weekly pod underscore ott and uh, on twitter it is weekly pod i mean i'm sorry it's weekly pod dot ott on instagram and it's weekly pod underscore ott on twitter so do send your reviews there this was a host of my Yurish Matkar. thank you very much